Coming up on Pop Psych, we explore the meaning behind Katy Perry's Olympic anthem, Rise. It's an epic tune. Uh, Plus, we chat with someone who's actually worked with Olympic athletes to get their head in the game. It's an inspiring conversation with Jean Moyle. Often it's that focus of, what is it today that I want to achieve? And I think that's really applicable to anybody in any situation. Music, meaning, mindfulness. This is Pop Psych with Nathan Lee Jones. Hello and welcome to Pop Psych. It's a show about the hottest hits and how the messages behind them can actually help us live better lives. It's a little bit crazy, but we're giving it a go. Uh, This is the first ever episode, which obviously I'm a little bit nervous about. But um, the great thing about music is there are some songs that can really tap into those fears that we all face in our everyday lives when we're stepping into something new. And one of those songs is actually this power anthem we're looking at this week that was recently dropped by Katy Perry. Massive track that Katie just seemed to drop out of nowhere. Uh, a lot of people originally thought it was a thinly veiled jab at Taylor Swift, but I don't know, I think we're kind of over that now. It turns out this song is a little bit deeper. Um, obviously, 2016 was an Olympic year, and I mean that both literally, we had the Rio Games, but also on the world stage, there just seemed to be a lot of crazy shenanigans that just made a lot of people feel a little bit helpless and in need of some inspiration. Well, enter Katy Perry with her latest single and she uh, made a statement on NBC's Today Show about why she felt 2016 was the right time to drop this track. Now more than ever, there is a need for our world to unite. I know that together we can rise above the fear in our country and around the world. And I can't think of a better example coming up than the Olympic athletes as they gathered together in Rio with their strength and fearlessness to remind us how we all can come together with the resolve to be the best we can be. Let's be inspired, let's heal, let's unite and rise. Yeah, totally inspiring words by Katie and words I think a lot of us needed to hear both uh, last year in 2016 and also in 2017 as we rise to some new and adventurous challenges. Katie released the official music video last year on August 4, which was just one day before the Rio Olympics opening ceremony. And it's a pretty amazing video with some powerful visuals about determination and pushing on, just like Olympic athletes need to do when they work towards their remarkable goals. Now, our special guest today has the inside scoop on how Olympic athletes really cope behind the scenes. And she gives us some pretty practical insight into how we can find that same sense of determination as we head into a new year. But before we get that professional opinion, I was curious as to who, like Katy Perry, has found the strength to rise in the midst of challenging circumstances. So I hit the streets of Bondi and I asked people this exact question. So when was the time you had to rise up to a challenge? Uh, I was stuck in the surf and in huge surf and if I didn't get out of there quick it would would not have ended well. Um, Getting out of bed after a 13 hour drinking session last weekend. (laughs) 13 hours is impressive. Thank you very much. (laughs) It was painful. (laughs) Probably when I lost my license for drink driving and had to pull my head in and get driven around by her for six months and then after that yeah went out my own business and started sort of pulling my finger out. I actually have no idea. Um, 
There probably is. I can't think right now. It's probably a really bad answer, but... The pressure's on. It's always hard it like really that. It is, because his was a really bad one. <laughs> when was the time you had to rise to a particular challenge? Um, probably when we were backpacking through India. There was many challenges that came up, especially when we first flew in and were a bit confronted. Um, and that took a lot of, I guess, guts and just trying to calm ourselves and enjoy the ride as crazy as it was. In 2007 my dad passed away so I felt like I had to be strong for my mum and um, yeah it, it's it's important I think to put on the brave face and carry on doing what you what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, some really honest answers from some total strangers about the everyday challenges that we need to find that strength to rise to. Um, Katy Perry tweeted last year, Through the blood, sweat, lots of it, and tears, we keep rising. With a muscle emoji, hashtag rise. Um, that's exactly what all of these people I met had in common. They took their current situation that made them, you know, somewhat uncomfortable, but they leaned into that discomfort and they were able to rise out to the other side, um, even with a hangover. <laughs> but how do we do it though? It's all well and good to hear songs like Rise that have inspirational lyrics like, don't be surprised, I will still rise. But we're not all fearless Olympians. We're not people that can rise victorious every single day. You know, sometimes life is just hard and rising from adversity sounds like a lovely concept, but not one that we're able to connect to in the moment. Uh, luckily, I have some good news for you. We have professional help on the way. Uh, someone who's worked really closely with athletes, just like ones Katie was referencing earlier, is the wonderful Jean Moyle. She's our special guest this week on Pop Psych. Jean works in performance psychology and performance enhancement in a whole range of fields, including performing arts and the corporate world. But the one I find really interesting is her work with elite athletes. She's been involved in three different Olympic cycles, 2006, 2010, and 2014 and she's on the line with me today to talk about how we can go for gold in our own lives. Jean, thank you so much for joining us. No problem Nathan, I'm pleased to be here. Awesome. Now there are some parallels between I guess the struggles that we go through every day and um, as Katy Perry refers to the, the journey of an Olympian. Do you think there are some parallels there? Look, I mean, absolutely. I think the, the one thing in working with elite athletes um, that I always tend to share with people is that athletes are people too. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that, that, that aspect of whilst they're doing this kind of amazing kind of pursuit in terms of their Olympic dreams and, and working towards that and, and as you mentioned, the, the blood, sweat and tears that goes, you know, towards supporting that performance, um, they still have to, you know, um, deal with a whole range of normal personal scenarios, situations, challenges. Um, but I think the parallels, and if you're looking at the Olympic journey as well as just the everyday person, you know, there everyone has kind of dreams and hopes and wants to work towards something, whether it's a, you know, a job or an opportunity. And sometimes that doesn't quite work out. They might not be selected. That the same thing happens for Olympic athletes at times where. They might not. They might have gone to one Olympics, but they don't get selected for the next one, and then they have to wait another, you know, eight years basically, you know, between Olympics in terms of performance. So there's, you know, the the disappointments of of not necessarily achieving goals. There's 
the the um, actually getting to the Olympics is a feat in and of itself. Yet everyone wants to, you know, go for gold or, or or achieve, you know, a medal. But that doesn't necessarily happen for all Olympians either. So there's kind of sometimes a bittersweet aspect of well, I kind of got this far, but I didn't get as far as I would like to. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, they're, they're people that deal with you know similar challenges as as normal people do. But that kind of journey that they go on is no different to what the average person might do in terms of what they're hoping to achieve out of life. Yeah, wow. It's so interesting because we think about when we think Olympians, they're almost like superheroes, like immortal people. But <laughs> I mean, they're kind of people too, aren't they? They are, And they are. And I think, I mean, that's the thing. I always remember sharing a story um, about one Olympian that I was working with who, you know, on a plane flight over, you know, to compete in some world championships, they're... Um, girlfriend had broken up with them and you know right before kind of one of the biggest events of their kind of uh, year they're dealing with a scenario that all of us have had some experience with and and you know was really struggling with how do I pull myself together in in this kind of context when I'm actually needing to get out and perform Uh, so again absolutely they're 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 people whilst they might absolutely pull off superhero stunts um, they're, they're just like you and I. Wow. But how, how do they bounce back from something like that? Because when I have a breakup or even just a bad day, my biggest challenge is to get up and grab my coffee. I mean, how does someone that has such a big setback, like how do they, how do they perform at such a high standard after, after letdowns and setbacks like that? I think the thing is, when if you've been an elite performer, whether an athlete or performing artist, there's a there's an aspect of your routine in your training or your practice, and and often that can actually be a a form of um, solace, as in there's something consistent in my life that I know that I need to do, and I, if I can bury myself back into that, sometimes that's actually a way in which people cope with. Um, life's challenges. Um, I think that w- when you're talking about kind of sports-specific scenarios when somebody might not be selected or they don't make it through to an Olympic team, you know, that, that can be really difficult because then it's like, well, I might be still wanting to go on with the sport, so I still need to keep training, but I'm basically reminded every day or I'm having to sit back on the couch at home and watch maybe sometimes my fellow previous teammates or... Oh. or um, you know, watch watch them. You know, at at the big event, and um, and that can be really devastating. Yeah, super devastating. That's uh, that's harsh. Um, how, how do you maintain that focus though through those hard times? Because uh, one of the lyrics from Katie's song is about maintaining that consciousness. I must stay conscious through the madness and chaos. How do we do that? What are some ways that we can stay conscious and and keep on track with our goals? So, I mean, I think part of that is, you know, many of the, I guess, the psychological strategies that that, um, become an inherent part of what an elite athlete understands the importance and, and why the mental side of sport is so critical to their performance. You know, often it's that ability to focus on what is it that I need to achieve just today? Because sometimes when I'm thinking about, you know, I only get one chance at an Olympics every four years, you know, and there's lots of hurdles to kind of leap through and, and, and competitions to win or to even qualify in that time frame. that, you know, thinking about something so far away, particularly when you're at the beginning of a new Olympic cycle, can seem just like, oh, I don't have the, the energy to, to do that. So often it's that focus of, 
what is it today that I want to achieve? And I think that's really applicable to anybody in any situation. Yeah. That's, uh, see, I'm feeling inspired already. <laughs> I love it. I, I guess part of your job is, I guess, working through those, those feelings and emotions with, with different people to unlock that, that potential. And, um, and I know with the song we're looking at uh, today, uh, Katie's like, uh, don't doubt it, don't doubt it, victory's in my veins, and it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. But we have that voice uh, in our head, obviously, that says we can do anything and we're invincible. But then there's that other voice. It's like the voice of doubt. And it's the one that says, you probably can't really do this can you so Jean I need to know like how how do we know which voice to listen to and how how can we how can we sort that self-belief out when it feels like no one else is believing in us Look, look, absolutely. I mean, that's the critical aspect of it. And certainly, you know, a lot of the work with anybody in any context is that ability to go um, we call it self-talk, you know, what's going on in our head and, and how is our thinking actually influencing what our emotions are and therefore what we do and, and, and our experience of life on a day-by-day basis. Um, in working with people about that, it's that ability to firstly be conscious of what we are saying to ourselves because often, you know, we say more to ourselves in our heads than we say out loud to people every day. And so are we actually even conscious of what we're saying to ourselves. So usually we start there with people in terms of just that ability to raise consciousness of, am I actually everything that I go about doing? Am I saying, oh God, you're an idiot in my head to myself if I make a mistake or, oh, this is never going to work out. You know, the, the language that we use really influences how we see the world. Um, and we know that basically perception is reality. So Trying to actually deal with that self-talk is, is one, being conscious of it. Two, you know, understanding actually I don't have to think that way and I can change my thinking and then just creating a new habit of thinking. And often when we're changing our thinking, we know from neuroscience that it basically is about disconnecting our neural pathways and recreating and or creating new ones. Um, that it's about reminders or cues. And so that's why people do talk a lot about whether that's, you know, helpful motivational quotes or pictures or using something that is going to prompt you. And what's great about electronic devices these days is you can set reminders on your phone yes. <laughs> to, to go, hey, let me check my <laughs> or what's, what's my helpful thought for the day or what am I wanting to focus on today? So that reminder sits outside of your brain. So when you go back into kind of automatic thinking, something external to you can come up and remind you about how that you have the ability completely to control what you choose to focus on and how you see the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably why this song that we're talking about today is resonating with a lot of people because words like, I won't just survive, you'll see me thrive. Like uh-huh. even if we don't feel that, sometimes by saying those words, it's almost like a bit of a fake it till you make it. And and, and that's it. And I think, you know, that's where that concept of self fulfilling prophecy comes in, in that yeah. You know, it works in both directions, helpful and hindering. So am I giving myself a picture of what it is that I want my life or my day even to look like? Or am I already predetermining, you know, you you kind of get the the situations where people go like, ah, God damn it, I missed the bus today. What else could go wrong? And your brain goes, (laughs) bing, well, there's lots of things that can go wrong and let me just find opportunities for you. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's all about the meaning that you give to the events that you experience. And that's not, you know, that's not to say that, you know, even, you know, for many elite athletes, you know, they have challenging both personal and performance experiences. And it's not about running around and being, oh, I'm really, really happy about having this experience. 
Um, people can be sad and can be upset by things, but it's what they choose to do with that experience and what they choose to take in terms of the learning from it that's really critical. And that's the difference in terms of when you're thinking about elite performers, the people that are really successful and the people that have those levels of resilience and bounce back can say, you know what, I had a really crappy experience here. Um, what have I learned from it? What would I, what would I, choose to do differently next time what you know what was helpful in terms of the learning from it and and moving forward with it um and 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 that's the really critical aspect of it in that we can change the meaning that we give to anything in our past and we can also pre-frame things in our future to be thinking about things in a more helpful way jean as far as advice goes that that is the absolute gold um <laughs> excuse the pun um thank you so much for joining us really appreciate your time um one question i want to ask you before you go is um obviously we know that music helps us rise to certain occasions is there any song that you have as a go-to that you play when you need to rise look i have to say when you know i probably couldn't put couldn't put a name on one song i mean i think that depending upon the circumstance but I have to say, um, I'm a bit of a '80s music fan, so <laughs> there's there's a lot of kind of it's that, and we know there's research from the literature about music and moods. It's it's proven scientifically in terms of the impact. So for me, what I think, if I look at the songs that I go, if I'm not feeling great or I really want to pump myself up, it's usually songs that have a great beat that are that are kind of uplifting. That also too, because of my background as a dancer, make me want to dance. There's lots of really cool stuff when we're thinking about songs and how they're used um, to actually assist us in terms of, you know, you know, reaching for our own, you know, gold medal in, in what we do in day-to-day life. Ah, sounds amazing. Look, as long as the Olympics don't start uh, doing uh, tests for using music as a drug, because, I mean, if, you're, uh, <laughs> if you've been charged up with music more than the next person, it could be an unfair advantage. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I think you're absolutely spot on there and there, there isn't an athlete that I don't know or haven't worked with that hasn't utilised music as the ability to either calm themselves down or to kind of um, pull themselves up and, and, and pump themselves up. So, yes, fingers crossed that they don't uh, use <laughs> music in the future in that way. I love it. Jean, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been awesome chatting. No problem. Thanks so much, Nathan, for having me on the show. Katy Perry with Rise. We've been chatting about that song today, along with different ways that we can rise in our everyday lives. If you want to hear that song in full, along with a whole playlist of amazing songs that can help you rise, you can check out our Pop Psych Playlist of the Week. There's some massive tracks in there, like this one from the script. You've been fighting for it all your life. You've been working every day Rise Up by Andrew Day. And some inspiration from Sia. Oh, 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 you can get the link to the 
playlist in the show notes of this podcast or by heading to poppsych.com. Well, today we've found out that athletes are people too. Newsflash, crazy. Uh, Even though they have to deal with tough times, just like us, they can actually implement different strategies that can help them achieve their goals. As Gene says, we have to focus on today. Um, That's all we can really focus on, right? And practice that positive self-talk and also be conscious of what we're telling ourselves. We can sometimes fall into the trap of telling ourselves the bad story. We need to maybe reframe that a little bit and uh, keep reminding ourselves to rise. You can do it. Well, thanks for helping me rise in this very first episode of Pop Psych. Really wasn't that scary after all, which is nice. Uh, I hope you can join me next week. I'm Nathan Lee Jones. Until next time, take care. For more pop and more psych, head to poppsych.com.